1: Look, there is no such thing as fate. It's all a load of b like ghosts, goblins, and the notion that Uncle Howdy has been haunting Bray Wyatt's psyche this whole time. Search your feelings, you know it to be true. Sometimes, though, the universe aligns itself in such a way that coincidence becomes so strange... It masquerades as fate. With that in mind, I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, and these are ten unbelievable wrestling coincidences. Number ten: Logan Paul and Seth Rollins suffered the exact same injury on the exact same day. On November 5th, 2015, Seth Rollins fell victim to what was considered the WrestleMania
2: 32
1: curse. Rollins worked a house show match against Kane, and in an attempt to blast Kane through a table with a sunset flip powerbomb, tore his ACL, MCL, and meniscus ouch fast forward seven years to the day though and logan paul suffered the exact same injuries in his remarkably great match against roman reigns at crown jewel both spots involved the table and both took place overseas the difference of course is that one wrestler was working with an inanimate object and logan paul had a phone in his hand number nine an easy mistake to make mike adam lee was bantered off the face of the earth when He got Jeff Hardy's name wrong on his very first appearance for WWE. His cards were marked instantly... And let's be honest, it was a bit unfair. He was just a bit nervous and he made a mistake, as virtually everybody has on their first day at a new workplace. Some people get a name wrong and, you know, others give away the title result of a taped WCPW show that hasn't been uploaded to YouTube yet. Yes, Adam Lee made several more and became a meme as a result before people were kinder to him years later. Of course, in a sad prologue, it was eventually discovered that Adam had been diagnosed with CTE-induced dementia, but the thing is, he didn't actually make a mistake, sort of. The man's name is Jeff Harvey, or at least it was when he made one of several sporadic appearances as an enhancement talent before making it big. Apologise to Adam Lee, you lot. Number eight, when the bitterest enemies are almost the same people. This wrestling performer started working without formal training. This wrestling performer booked and starred in their own backyard promotion, which actually boasted a shockingly strong local following. This wrestling performer abstains from drinking alcohol and using drugs. This wrestling performer experienced major success in every single promotion they worked, with the notable exception of total non-stop action. This wrestling performer was also told by more than one influential figure that they didn't know how to work and used this criticism to drive their career in total defiance of mainstream norms. This wrestling performer recognized that the business was terrible under Monopoly and vowed to change it using that exact word in promos that spark the imagination of the wrestling fandom. This wrestling performer was received as a hero for this promise in front of a white hot Chicago crowd and this wrestling performer also has a skyscraper of an ego even by wrestling standards. This wrestling performer is CM Punk but this wrestling performer is also Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson. I think they We'll get along, eh? Number seven, the every WrestleMania ending in zero phenomenon. So far, every WrestleMania event that ended in zero has played host to a beloved technical wrestler capturing a world title. At WrestleMania 10, Bret Hart won the WWF title for a second time, and fans rejected the oppressive Lex Luger push and no longer believed in him after he celebrated a count-out win at SummerSlam 93, as if he'd won the big one. Have some respect, Lex. At WrestleMania WrestleMania 20, Chris Benoit won the World Heavyweight title at the expense of Triple H when the Reign of Terror had become, yes, bad for business. And at WrestleMania 30, Daniel Bryan won the WWE World Heavyweight title after fans rejected the returning Batista's mega push and even threatened to hijack or boycott his intended main event against Randy Orton. WrestleMania XL, over to you. Number 6. And that's not all. Bear in mind that an entire bloody decade, past between WrestleMania 20 and 30 an entire decade think of all the stuff that can happen in 10 years and yet Benoit and Brian went on to face Kane as their first new rival. After the formality of a rematch at Backlash, Benoit successfully defended against Kane at Bad Blood, where Brian successfully defended against Kane at Extreme Rules. And in another wrinkle to that trivia note, the Wrestling Observer's Dave Meltzer awarded each match the same star rating, three and a half stars. Trivia related to that, three and a half stars remains the highest ever score that Dave gave a Kane singles
0: Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
1: Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt.
0: Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parents' plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best.
1: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/spoken today. Number five, The Shield debuted and broke up in the same arena. Oh, The Shield was so bloody great. In a ultra-rare 2010s development, they were given the grand introduction at Survivor Series, and WWE actually committed to the push. The magic was apparent from the start, turtlenecks and all, and while it took several failed pushes and a shock jump to a company that, well, didn't exist in November 2012, the trio eventually took their rightful places at the top of the wrestling world, in the roles fan cast onto them all those years ago. Raw, handsome powerhouse Roman Reigns became the top star in all of wrestling, the menacing cool embodiment of megastar aura. Work rate extraordinaire Seth Rollins became WWE's master in-ring craftsman and channeled his obnoxious charisma into a broad comic book villain persona. And Dean Ambrose became John Moxley, the man that's harder and more badass than simply everyone else. And he also drinks piss. They eventually broke up on June 2nd, 2014 at the exact same arena in which they debuted. Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. Number four, the amazing symmetry behind Edge's debut and retirement match. The spear wasn't just something Edge always did. After taking some punches from Jose Estrada on the June twenty second, 1998 episode of Monday Now Raw, it was the very first thing he did, which, prior to his 2020 return, was also the very last move he hit in a successful World Heavyweight title defense against Alberto Del Rio at WrestleMania 27. But it goes deeper, too. Edge injured Jose's neck in 1998 and was working through the injured neck that retired him for nine years in 2011. Also, the difference between Edge's retirement and comeback was nine years, the same amount of years that separated the ages of Estrada and Del Rio in those matches. Amazing. Number three, the incredibly creepy wikipedia amendment it was discovered on june 25th 2007 that chris benoit had killed his wife nancy and son daniel in their georgia home the most harrowing day we've all spent in our capacity as wrestling fans deep enough into the hobby that we pour over every detail online it's highly likely that you did nothing else except refresh the computer before the harrowing reveal in a state of profound shock bargaining as to what the reality of the situation was chris benoit killed his wife and child. The story was so surreally awful that those seven words don't feel real in some way. Someone actually edited Benoit's Wikipedia page several hours before the story broke, though, with no knowledge of the situation and claimed that Nancy had died. It was a sick hoax typical of modern, extremely online life, but somehow it was all too accurate. Number two, two weirdly coincidental name changes. Mick Foley's first self-created character was, of course, named Dude Love, and he got to perform under it and live every young fan's dream in 1997. That name is at least adjacent to a synonym of Mankind. Now, this wasn't some almost-the-same-just-slightly-different-for-trademarking-purposes name change, a la Daniel Bryan-the-Boss or Rhino. It was by complete coincidence that Mankind was so similar, to do love foley pitched the name mankind as in he embodied the worst of and threatened the future of it because he was appalled by the idea of being bloody hell mason the mutilator along similar lines papa shango and the godfather almost mean the same thing too Not that there was meant to be any correlation between the two performers, of course. Papa obviously means father, while Shango is a deity in the religion of Yoruba. Number one, two of the biggest draws in WWE history worked at the exact same time. Right. There are certain things that certain fans just can't seem to grasp about the modern cultural landscape. It is impossible for wrestling to ever recapture the viewing audience it attracted throughout the Monday Night Wars because the entertainment sphere is atomized beyond recognition now and because viewing habits have drastically changed nevertheless fans can't or won't grasp just how much of an insane coincidence it was that steve austin and the rock were megastars at the exact same time The Rock holds the record for most consecutive five-figure gates in North American wrestling history, whereas Austin broke the WrestleMania by record twice and was a bigger draw, albeit for a shorter amount of time, than Hulk bloody hogan the wwf basically had two hogans at the same time no wonder it was bigger than it is now for goodness sake and that's our list did we miss any out let us know in the comment section below and don't forget to like share and subscribe and subscribe to what culture wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling podcast plus you can let us know your thoughts on twitter at what culture wwe and you can find me on there at adam wilborn thanks for watching i've been adam from what culture and i'll see you soon
0: Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible.